it's it's funny that like we still don't have a name for it but let's just kind of roll with that <laughs> you know it'll be a thing welcome so, to the confused catholics well, podcast welcome to the confused catholic confessions with i don't know names uh confessions of a confused catholic welcome confessions to of a confused catholic isn't that isn't that like a lefebvre book or something it might be like why are catholics confused i think i think i heard about that. okay so we're not gonna go with that one welcome to we don't know who the hell we are so buckle in ladies and gentlemen because this is gonna be a fun ride wow great great intro i love it <laughs> we're buckling in tonight yikes okay well to kind of just roll in who are we and why are we doing this yeah. So if you'd like to go first. Uh, hi, my name is Michelangelo Roman. I was named after a Ninja Turtle. That is later for my origin story. Uh, I am a new graduate of Brock University. And I mean, I'm doing it because podcasts are cool. And it's just kind of how young dudes engage with the church these days. So either go on a mission trip or start a podcast or both usually for all that lovely banter that we've come to know and love Just and 30 minutes of banter and five minutes of jesus that's how we do these amazing things. that's a perfect that's a perfect model for us what we're going for uh and uh my name is joel sove i'm going to my fifth year at brock university um here in ontario canada uh i'm a local to the niagara region and also looking to uh, to better the church's young person, trying to figure out the best ways to do so. Um, and that's kind of why we're both here. Now, uh, I guess I guess the first thing we'll do is we can just do a quick quick setup of like testimonies. Like, OK, why, why do we have a couple young guys and new grads just like coming in? And what's this podcast all about? Why are we here? Um, uh, so generally, uh, I guess the whole point of this podcast for us is to have a platform for evangelization for young people. Um, that was the main uh, inspiration really behind what we're doing here. And uh, it's one of those things that I think we, we both felt pretty called to do. Um, Mike and I are both like, we both try and keep each other accountable to things. And during, I guess, one of our holy hours, we kind of just thought of the idea and uh, I guess it's blossomed into, into this. Um, we are both very, very. Uh, what would you call us? Are we? Are we? We're not lazy Catholics. We're we're striving for holiness. But what's what's a good name for that? Schlubs. Sh- schlubs. Um, <laughs> I guess we could go with that. We're we're we're, we're schlubs. We're we're what? Nah, let's something spicier. Spicier than, than that. I mean, we're just the typical Catholic dude striving for striving for holiness. Bumping yeah, the word the word devout definitely has a bit of baggage to it, and that's kind of one of the things that yeah you have to tread lightly. Um, but we are Back. practicing. We're practicing Catholics, young men, and we're trying to we're trying to spread the message of the church as a um, well. You can speak for the millennial generation, Mike, and I'll, I'll speak for the for the Zoomers, and that's kind of what we're going to do. We're going to be able to kind of reconcile with millennials and Zoomers. Over the course of maybe an hour each each week or every every few weeks, we can we come together and work on that. 
So I'm honored to represent an entire generation of people. I am the prime millennial. Prime, okay, well, you're, you're at the end. You're at the end of the generation. So you, you, there's yeah. a bit of crossover there, but we're going we're gonna to try our best to... Zoomer light. Zoomer light, yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll go, we'll go with that. All right, so... Um, why am why am I in in the church in 2020 and why why am I here? Uh, shoot. Okay, I'll try. We'll, we'll try and keep these quick too. Uh, so for me, my origins kind of been, you know, born and raised in a, in a Catholic family. We were, were were basically more of a moderate family. Went to mass as as often as we could, uh, and it wasn't a part of our lives. It was something you did. But you know, as a young kid, like. Let's be honest, a lot of them, especially my generation, just did not want to go to church. A lot of them didn't. And most of the reason why I did so was, you know, when you finish, you get to go to Tim Hortons and you get to have like soup and donuts. And I got my, my usual peach juice and I was I was happy. I was a happy camper. And it was super bumming every time I would go and we wouldn't get that. So um, the incentive sort of kind of fell off after a while. And as you get older, it kind of kind of start to, you know, you know, not want to go just period. But it was always a welcome thing. Um, fast forward a little bit. And uh, when I was right around my teens, uh, I had my first experience with like a real tragedy, uh, you know, a death in the family. And I really didn't know how to take that at the time. And through um, through, the, I guess, the intercession of both my parents and, and my grandparents, um, they uh, encouraged me to to pray in kind of a roundabout way. They never really told me outright, but it was kind of like a, like, go talk, go talk to the big man. And I was like, okay. And that was, I guess, a real roundabout way of, of getting me to, to open up. And that was kind of where the relationship started. And it was, it was like that sense of reverence. You had it and it just kind of grew slowly. So it's been a, it's been a weird rocky road of like not being fully in on it, on Jesus. And then like actually knowing, okay, here is Jesus. Here is who he is. And then after that, it was kind of like I was still debating, do I want to be a Catholic? Do I not want to be a Catholic? So last summer, I decided that I needed to say yes or say no and stop being on the fence about this whole thing. So I took a summer to go to mass every Sunday, really discern whether or not I wanted to stay in the church or to find my own way. And at one of those masses, I was introduced to... Um, the young to be chaplain of, of Brock actually at the end of, at the end of my th uh, third year, going into my fourth year. And, and she invited me out to do a faith study that summer. And I was like, well, if I'm looking for answers, I may as well give it a shot. I did. And through the people who I met in that, in that ministry uh, and kind of the experiences I had, I've, I decided that this is something special and I need to take it seriously. And I jumped right in. I went, you know, headlong into my relationship with Christ put him at the center of my life. And from then things have just gotten just better all around. And there, there's just a mountain of graces, which I've been missing out on. And I wish I was able to come to it a little bit sooner. Um, but all things in due time. Right. And uh, I've been working on, on building holiness ever since. So yeah, that's me. That's, that's me. All right. So I guess it's my turn for my Jesus story. But Jesus. story. Yes. Give us your Jesus experience. Like, I grew up Catholic in a Catholic family. Um, for context, I'm a Filipino, and uh, Filipino Catholics are passionate, is probably the nicest way to say it. 
So we'd also go to church every Sunday and like it was just one of those things we did because it was a cultural thing to do. Um, my parents grew are yeah, both my parents grew up Catholic and they would go to mass, so we would go to mass. And we didn't really have a tradition of what to do after. Um, we just kind of go do our thing, come back and have lunch and get on with our day. But at a certain point when I hit, high, uh, like right when I hit high school, I started getting active in youth ministries in the area. Um, and it became my first real exposure to like um, to ministry and to the faith. Like it wasn't something I did because my parents were telling me to do it, but I actually wanted to be there. But I was also one of those kids that had a million questions um, in class or at church. And my ministry, I would always ask, like, and I never thought they were big questions. They were just like, why do we go to mass? Or why do we have to go to confession to a priest? Um, and one or two of those are great. 50 in one night might be kind of pushing it. And I definitely, definitely push that line. Um, to a point where you just start hearing, well, I'll get back to you later. Enough that you kind of get the hint. You're not going to get answers. So right when I hit university for the first time, fun fact, three shots at university, but that's for another time. Um, so, so my first first year, I was kind of falling away from the faith where I was just tired of not like, not knowing why we're doing what we are doing. And I mean, I was doing research on my own on the side, but I always, my entire experience of the faith was something relational. When I was studying it, it just felt like another project for school. So hit second year, kind of fell away from the faith completely. Um, but I remember I had a couple of guys who just always kept in touch. And they would always encourage me kind of gently to give it a shot, to come back to the community. Um, and right when I hit my second first year, I started to come back to the faith where like I wasn't exactly passionate, but I was willing to give it a shot. And I remember we were doing a bunch of like Theology of the Body seminars in Toronto. And the nun who was leading the talks actually remembered me by name from a talk she gave like months before. And it was kind of through discussions with her where once um, she could answer any of the questions that I threw at her, which was nice, but just the fact that she called me up by name whenever I raised my hand, like something as simple as being seen like that really encouraged me to give this another shot. So I did, I had a real experience of conversion going back to mass after one of those sessions. And from there, I kind of slowly, because I'm still stubborn like that, but I slowly started to come back to faith and start taking it seriously. Um, fast forward to my third first year, which is, which was at Brock. Um, I got active in the chaplaincy, which is when I really started to like take the faith seriously and take the Lord seriously and what he was asking me to do. Um, which is where I met Joel and um, a lot of the other people that I would consider like my biggest influences in the faith. So, like the chaplain, Kaylee, um, and a couple other people. But, yeah, my story. All right. And yeah, well, as, as quickly as we can put together testimonies, I know there's always, and this is a thing in ministry all the time, I find, where it's like, you got to make your testimony. And the first time I was told this was like, 
it put me right on the spot and I'm like, I don't know how to tell this story properly. How do we, how do we do this thing? And they want, they want it done in like three to five minutes. I've done this so many times and I still can't find like a good balance of like how much do I do I put in? How much do I not? Um, but I think with time, I think we'll be able to kind of go more in depth on these pieces. Um, especially when those big like questions come up and then, you know, we can just kind of play the storyteller in a lot of these respects, which is always our disposition as, as, as Mike and I both know, we are very fond of that kind of, uh, aesthetic, what what, what, aesthetic, uh, is that the right word for it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's why we wanted to do the podcast in the first place. Like as, as great as the testimony is, we don't really have the opportunity to dive into some of the questions and some of the details of our story. To like, be, I could yeah. go on a full tangent on like meeting Joel for the first time, thinking, who's this awkward as hell dude who's just hanging around the seminarian? Then one night we just kind of, what were we, what were we doing in market? Because like it was you. Uh, and right. Or, yeah. And we, yeah. A couple of people from the chapel, they invited me out like the first week, first or second yeah. week of school. And so we're, so that was that, that was last fall. And we were just sitting, yeah. we're sitting down in, in one of the main kind of like sitting cafeteria areas on campus. And this is like late in the evening. And uh, in Corso, who led me in that first faith study, um, who was our, who was our seminarian friend, he, he brings over like, like, you know, some, some baked goods, you know, comes in late. And then we just kind of start chatting for like a good solid few hours. And that was like, that was the moment that when I kind of started coming out of the chaplaincy, I like the awkwardness and like the, like the, the barriers to entry just started falling away. And I was like, man, this is, this is a community. This is a family that I want to be a part of. And that's kind of like the, the spark that started it all. And then <laughs> antics in, ensue. I remember the moment when like something clicked in your head, like, Oh, this is my ministry. Like, cause Corso mentioned that I was into fountain pens and like, you could almost see a light flick on in your eyes. Like, Holy crap. Another person who likes fountain pens. Just for the record, we are we are major nerds and we like some of the most obscure things. We are trying not to be like super hipster, but at the same time, we cannot help it. We are those kind of people. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get we'll get definitely in, into that at some point because I'm sure we can we, we can go off on that, too. Um, hey, yes, we'll have dedicated episodes for that. Dedicated yeah. episodes. Um, but really, the, the, the point of this podcast is we're reaching out to those kind of in, I guess, the same kind of demographic as us. Um, amidst the kind of communities and I guess in the Canadian church, but even beyond that. Um, and we've taken inspiration a lot from other Catholic podcasters who have done things like this, where we can have like these casual discussions on big topics of theology. We are not, and and disclaimer, we are not qualified to, to speak on a lot of these things, but if anything, we're simply just trying to give perspective on, um, maybe like how we would see these issues and maybe the topics that would come up. Uh, in discussion and really just living the life like this is just like you could call it a slice of life of a young catholic in in this case young adults um and really our journey and how we're how we're how we're navigating that um and as we love to to navigate things in fellowship let's dive into our first segment which we aptly named barna bros and we're going to have a sick bumper to go with that at some point. Um, because for now, for, for, yes, for now we're going to have some, we're, we'll, we'll cut in at some point. We'll have, we'll have some edit and we'll, we'll figure out how to record that and, and make it look fancy. We're totally not trying to rip off clerically speaking. Shout out to them. Not at all. 
not yes <laughs> but however we're trying to you know we're we got to have some form of class and professionalism you know Ooh, kind of break yeah. things up oh yeah, yeah. full-on gregorian chants Delicious. right oh. so barna bros why why we come up what, what is barna bros and and how do we come up with this this ridiculous name so it started with um, the phase studies that we were running on campus. Um, was it Discovery? Uh, I don't. I don't remember. Which phase study were you doing this year? I was doing growth. Oh yes, it was growth. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so our campus was running CCO phase studies this year, and one of the key kind of dynamics that they present to you is like. The dynamic between Barnabas, Paul, and Timothy. And in one of the other chaplaincies, um, there was a running joke of calling them like Barnabro or Barnabuddies. Like Barnabas was Paul's companion, travel companion, ministry companion. And because we wanted to add that spicy dude flavor, we thought Barnabros is so much more appropriate. Yep, and it, it doesn't sound quite it doesn't doesn't sound quite as crunchy, but it also doesn't sound like we're we're watering down at all. It's it's definitely a more of a fitting name. So we thought it perfect for um, a segment. And this segment will basically be us kind of going over like you know the snippets or the slices of fellowship you know in our our daily our, our daily lives, reflections we have just on things that have happened, um, and really just how like you know add some a little bit of banter in in that as well. Um, now, for those who aren't familiar, CCO is uh, Catholic Christian Outreach, a Canadian uh, evangelization ministry, um, which has you know stretched across the country, um, and they work on like on missionary. They work with campuses, sending missionaries out there to work on evangelization. Um, they do they do mission trips uh, all over the world, um, and kind of work towards building evangelization on university campuses. Uh, where the faith really is is at its most challenged, I guess we could say today. Um, Universities difficult? No, it's a place of learning, right? This is where we eradicate religion and only go to knowledge. Yeah, alright, we'll rebel. Fight the system. <laughs> and that's and that's really kind of where where they where they kind of hit. And I guess the focus for CCO really is these uh, is their faith study series which basically goes from like Christianity 101 to equipping missionaries for evangelization. And I, I just, from our, our chaplaincy, at least on at, uh, at Brock university, we've really delved into it and like, let's just be honest. I like love CCO and how they've done things. Yeah. Like going into discovery, I had like, like discovery is their first like real faith study. That's like the Christianity 101. Um, and I think it's also like dependent on the leader you have, but the way the materials presented is also just as important as the material itself, but it's a good guideline to help that open discussion. Um, it's not really like a Bible study where you're going over scripture specifically, but more or less going over the, at least in discovery, like the charisma, the the main proclamation of the faith from like God's love to uh, the life of Jesus, who he is, what it means to us, his life, death and resurrection, that kind of thing. And it really gets at the five main points of, of this proclamation of the gospel, uh, gospel summary, so to speak. Yeah. Um, Ooh, CCO quiz time. What is the charisma? Ooh, the charisma is the proclamation of the gospel or the five main points at which, which we are. use, which are A, 
God's love, which is unconditional, secure, and also founded, I guess, well, yeah, founded unconditionally, right? Mm -hmm. Two, love's initiative. Mankind has broken their connection with God and given into sin, therefore separating us from him. Third, Christ comes as, as Lord. So God comes down into the flesh incarnate in the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, so he is fully God and fully man. And he demonstrates this in many occasions in the gospel, uh, which goes in, in the face study. We go a little in depth on scripture and kind of referencing where all these claims come in uh, and how those are backed up and kind of reconciling, okay, you know, is this true? Is this something that, you know, is just you know made up or is this something that's just absolutely crazy? Fourth point, Christ comes as the savior of, of mankind who reunites us through his sacrifice on the cross to the father. We have now have that bridge um, back to the father, or in this case, to eternal life in heaven with him upon our deaths as we live out to be um, examples or other Christs. And f yes, many Christs. Point five, we need to respond to that invitation. God always invites us first, and then we need to respond to that uh, that call. And that calls universal across all people, baptized and unbaptized. Um, those who hear the gospel uh, are then invited to take that step to put Christ at the center of their lives. And this is where the main focuses of discovery is, beginning that personal relationship with Christ. Yeah. And that is that is generally speaking the the outline of, of how the Kringma goes and the lessons of discovery uh, follow that. Now, ministry has been like always a personal thing with CCO, especially since that first year I got involved with chaplaincy. Um, a year in, I look back and I'm like, the in-person faith studies really just, they do it justice in a lot of ways. But uh, in really, in, in, Mike, in current events today, how has ministry been affected by uh the well we have the pandemic currently happening uh worldwide and uh how have we been able to combat that as a chaplaincy well a couple ways like and it's one of the weird fruits of the entire pandemic but the church is finally realizing that we need to start doing things online like so much of ministry is connection i think you you made a really good point where the presentation of the kerygma is just as important as the kerygma. Um, where the five-point gospel is important, but just as important as having someone look at you and say, hey, you know your love, right? And then they go beyond that and go, you know, I love you, right? And that's a shocking thing to do, especially like, you know, with how we word things nowadays, like what do we mean by like love? And when you're looking someone like dead in the eye and you're like, I love you, like, okay, that brings up a lot of like, and I think the world does this a lot where we, 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 we definitely romanticize that word in the truest sense of romanticism, or it's the, it's the staple of a romantic relationship between two individuals. Whereas in this case, we're talking more of, of Christ's love. And, you know, we know the, there's, there's many words that we can use to describe love in the original Greek of the scriptures. Um, and I think English just does not do the word justice because it's like we have one word for this. The Greeks had four. And yeah. you'll see this in a lot of ministries. They just they recycle this a lot of like the Greeks had four versions of love. 
and the one that we're more or less speaking of when it comes to the gospel message and how we as Christians are called to treat one another is that of agape love or that unconditional love for all people such that, you know, we have intrinsic value, deserve to be loved and also have that love for God and being united to Christ, you know, through uh, that personal relationship aids us in having the, um, the compassion also and the conviction to send ourselves out to be other Christs for others, where we love them just as Christ loved us in such a way that it is um, fruitful and loving and super awesome. Yeah. And you feel that like, like firsthand. I think that's one of the things that, you know, you just don't get in other communities, um, especially when it's like young people too. Like, you know, I get the whole like church lady thing where you'll find like those, those nice, like those nice ladies at church who come up to you and they see, oh, young people at church. Are you going to seminary? You'd make a great priest. Like those kind of things. Like these are like just young people who just want to show the love of Christ and want the best for you, which basically means like, hey, we want what God wants for you. And we're praying for you. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Like nowadays, like thinking about uh, like how in our, our daily lives, how we've met each other and how we've been able to live it out. Like just showing that love without even sometimes saying it. Like it's just a different atmosphere, right? And I mean, as much as I love the Greek words for love, I don't think we give English enough credit for the way we talk about love. Like, yeah, we only have one word, but then the beauty of it is like, all right, now we can express how we love someone through our actions. And it's the beauty of the ministry, right? Having someone say, look, I love you. And then you think, holy crap, what does that mean? And they show you how they love you. And to go back to your original question, like, all right, what does that look like now that quarantine is hit, that everything is online, that no one really knows what they're doing? So I've seen so many people go out of their way to like make someone feel seen online. Like, um, I'm, I don't know, something as simple as like having a gaming night with like you and Anne and some of the other people in our chaplaincy. We don't see it as a sign of love, but it's time we take out of our day to destroy other people in the game. But fundamentally, it's just having that time to spend with each other uh yes the good old fellowship and yeah to, and that honestly you're completely right there where it's like sometimes it's how we live it out um and it hits different you know and sometimes actually there are those snippets of that in our daily lives even amidst our own friends and family and yeah. you know some might kind of immediately just jump on that as being like oh it's the gushy kind of love let's avoid that like the plague but like but uh, i think there's there's something to be said about that too in kind of like opening up to that kind of thing because shower thought we're all seeking that kind of love and belonging in the world. And we're kind of, and as everyone's really, you know, we're seeking that kind of love. We're seeking acceptance and community, despite how introverted we may be and how we lock ourselves up. Um, I know like it's during quarantine when I was first kind of asked to lead a faith study, I was super like, Oh crap. I have no idea. Like, how am I going to, how am I going to do this? And that's where it's like, you know, who am I going to teach? So I jumped on like picking friends who I knew um, to kind of to minister to, of course, um, really also because I, I did want to share the gospel and I did want to be able to run these faith studies with confidence. So having people who I already knew kind of helped that out and really just having those moments where you get into tangents like mid lesson on like some pretty funny thing. And then we'd end up just like laughing about it as we're going through the lesson really kind of helps solidify that fellowship in that yeah. relationship aspect. Um and that's one of the fun things that I like with about 
doing these faith studies, even online of all, of all things. Um, I know it's a little bit harder to kind of, you know, get the full sense of it, especially when like, you know, personal experience, half your participants don't want to use webcams. So it's like even yeah. that much distance, but honestly, like, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. Um, you can definitely no, make it. Kind of so like, we already have that mindset of we don't need to see your face to like love you because we're trying to wreck the other team in a game together. Yes, especially if we're doing it over a game. Um, but like, okay, so one of the most one of the most impactful things for me was just I had a chance to lead a faith study with CCO's online mission, um, and one of my guys was all the way in Alberta, and like that's not something you get to do if it's just like face to face. And yeah, I kind of wish that we could have met in person, had that one to one connection, but. Even online with crappy internet and crappy webcams, we had such a good time just talking about the random things of the faith. Like, Peter was an absolute mess and we both loved him. Like, that man was trying so hard that he missed the point almost all the time. And we spent half of our lesson just kind of laughing at the fact that we roast Peter all the time, but isn't that exactly us most of the time? That is so true on so many levels. From experience, bro, I try <laughs> so hard sometimes. I completely forget to include God in what I'm doing. Oh, like, yes. God, all for you. And God's like, did, but did I ask? Ooh. Like, Mike, I love you. But did I ask? That's when you kind of recoil and think, ah, yeah, you're right. Got to invite the Lord into everything. Because yeah. he's so kind and asks for it. Has to ask, we have to give him permission. Yeah. Always a fun thing. But that's really one of the, the challenges, too, is like when we're when we're leading faith study, especially during quarantine, there's a lot of um, dealing with questions and and trying to minister to people. If you don't invite the spirit in before you start and you don't pray on these things and don't pray for your participants, um, like I speak from experience too, like when when that falls through, especially when you prolong and have to reschedule like meetings, uh, it doesn't it definitely eats away at the uh, impact you know, the longer you stretch these things out, the harder it is. But when you douse that stuff in prayer, it really helps prepare you for that next discussion, that next encounter. Because again, we're not just we're not just trying to get the program through. This is a personal and intimate accompaniment. Mm -hmm. And putting our attentions forward with that, you know. And a bit of behind the scenes on like what does it look like to be a faith study leader? Like it's not just preparing the material and then presenting it like on a weekly basis, there's so much like, thought and concern and prayer going into it that honestly, it's not even a conscious thing most of the time. I'm just kind of generally wondering, like, what are my guys doing right now? Are they okay? Do I need to pray for them? How can I pray for them? Kind of thing. Right. And this, this, this definitely, this pandemic has been like a bit of a pain trying to get through, especially since like, well, we had, okay, well, at least here in Canada, we had all of our, Churches closed almost immediately, and our bishop even had to make like a like um, a dispensation to the sacraments. Which like, how often does that ever happen? And it's like, okay, well now we're now we're we're lacking in, in the sacraments. We're lacking in you know receiving our Lord, and also just like being able to go to like confession for like a solid th what three ish months, three four months before things really opened up. Um, and even still, I'm feeling the backlash of that, like because I actually am still taking care of my grandparents who are extremely susceptible. So I've been kind of avoiding going back to mass, even if the churches are open. Um, my parish in particular, 
um, is being very, very like cautious. So yeah. trying to play those lines definitely makes it difficult. So I've definitely been praying quite a bit on just trying to get through. Um, basically just like think of it as an extended version of Lent. We've had like a, oh gosh, like a super six Lent. month long Lent. Mega Lent. Mega Lent. The desert, the desert expands before us infinitely. Lent 2.0. Literally. It's, uh, it's been rough. And, and ministering and on top of that makes the challenge even even harder um but having the support of people like in, in our chaplaincy and, and, and whatnot um in our communities especially through an online platform like really does help a lot or also you really would be isolated completely um and there's a lot of talks that kind of come from that especially from like the biggest evangelizers on in the media i guess nowadays talking about that time alone in prayer and if anything, that's like that's absolute fuel for the fire of the spirit. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And it's there's so much things to pray for right now. I mean, chaos in the world, obviously, but even on that personal level, like praying for you, praying for all the other people in the chaplaincy, like I said, praying for all of the guys in your faith studies. It teaches you how to be silent. Like once you start treating prayer with urgency, all of a sudden you have people you want to pray for. And not that God doesn't know what needs to be done, but there's something to be said about yearning for someone and yearning for a mission. Oh, I have a fun question for you. Who? How did you react when you realized that other people are praying for you with the same intensity that you pray for your guys? Mm. I'd be, I'd definitely be a mess if I didn't say it, it gave the warm fuzzies, you know? And that like you get that like warm, fuzzy feeling. And it's like, oh, this is great. Wow. Yeah. Someone actually cares. So I'd be I I, but like gushy faith is just as valid as the super serious reverent faith. And I think we need to take it to both and yeah. because now you just feel fired up to pray as well. Yeah. And you're like, it's not like a competition. Like we don't we don't put prayers like a competition, but <laughs> caveat. It's at least fun enough to be able to say, I'm going to pray for you that much harder. And it just goes back and forth. And that that's really uh, one of the aspects of of being in fellowship with a, a group, a chaplaincy, a youth ministry, like that kind of thing that emphasizes um, those traits, which I think really are going to make, I think, the newest saints, in my opinion, yeah. for this century. The saints from our our generations are going to be so just different from the previous saints. Talk about it all the time, but I can't wait to see a stained glass window with someone with a full sleeve tattoo. Like, <laughs> faded hair, giant yeah, yeah. eight glasses. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. I have I have no idea how the church is going to react to that, especially the, the process of, of like canonizing saints when literally right? the Internet has every secret you have. Yeah. Like that's going to be an important thing, too. It's like know back in the middle ages like you never knew what like saints did that weren't involved in their biography can you imagine the poor person in the vatican who has to go through someone's browser history lord have mercy on that Ooh, yeah and that's okay that's gonna be a topic for like a definite like like another day where we actually do go into that the aspect yeah. of like how sainthood's gonna work in the yeah. canonization progress in the next like in our lifetimes because that's that's a fun one 
Yeah, because we have a couple of things already from our generation, actually. Well, from my generation, or in the words are being considered. And it's such a beautiful sign that God is working in whatever happens and whatever we do. I just can't wait for there to be a patron saint of drip. Oh, yeah. Uh, the drip. Oh, no. See, we're going to have like, we're going to have some like weird, like, saints too for like even things that either haven't come out or like super like old things like the saint of the internet didn't even exist when the internet came out so it was from like the 10th century yeah so i'm like hmm i think that's a that's going to be a uh an interesting consideration for like today like today's saints dude the amount of times i prayed to saint isidore of seville patron of the internet while we were doing faith studies was insane. Like anytime hey. it started la- lagging, just quick prayer. <laughs> I wonder material. Shower thought. I wonder how he's actually like, you know, how 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 Saint Isidore would actually like react. Like having prayers come to him, he's like, I don't know how this stuff works. How am I supposed to Okay. And then just, you know, put it all in God's hands. I don't know why, but I'm imagining him with like a coffee cup, like chilling next to God, like, hey man internet's lagging don't know what that is but wanted you to know takes a sip takes a single sip just super casual about it lord's like okay let's let him suffer a bit how does grace work through technology with great struggle and yelling yes like weeping wailing and gnashing of teeth yeah (laughs) yeah patience is key oh yeah terrible internet teaches patience better than any spiritual exercise I've seen in a long time. Really anything, any impediment to the things that you are addicted to and or love dearly. It's almost like patience is about God and not about the thing that you're losing. Mm. Wild. Undoubtedly, but (laughs) not trying to be pretentious (laughs) with that either. Please give me patience because everything, man, I love you. And I know that you got my best help my us through this pandemic oh yeah every pandemic. day every day like things might not even go back to normal until like oh geez i have no idea like could be a year could be two years like my travel plans might go out the window we'll find out we'll find out so you were going with the pandemic my thought was give me patience because locations oh i'd comment the second, and I haven't even told Joel this, but second reason I wanted to do a podcast is I heard that like one of the guys from The Crunch found his fiance through his podcast. So I'm like, Lord, Lord. Hey, wait, hold up. Please. That actually happened? Really? Yeah. Wow. Even clerically speaking, like producer Nick. Yeah. The podcast. Oh, I remember they did advertisements for that. Right? Like really, really early on. I w- yeah. Because I've been going like chronologically through their stuff. I remember they were like, hey, any single Catholic ladies looking for someone, producer Nick is available. Wow, really? That actually happened? Amazing. <laughs> and I think they're engaged. They're getting married soon. Wow. So God bless. Please, 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 please. I mean, thy will be done, but if I might put in my two cents, please. That's fair. <laughs> and uh, all things done through right discernment. But with that, we're going to move into our next segment, aptly named The Discernment Corner. 
Now, why, why, why discernment corner, Mike? Why did we go because with this? We're both an absolute mess at this, and it's just so much good material for a podcast. There's all of yes, there is no like end. The amount of books I've had to go through already to help me with this thing, which simply just keeps getting longer and longer. Discernment is a fun topic because it can go on forever. I think it was was it Father Bob Bedard that that quoted. Since discernment has been in fashion, no one's yeah. made a decision. Yeah, that one rings home every single time someone mentions that to me because I'm either like flopping in a decision or I'm not committing too much to it or I've doubted myself through it so many times. Fun fact, I met his great grandnephew. Anyway, continue. Ooh, that's a story. It Oh, it really is. He was a fascinating character. So. Indeed. And okay, wait. So... The main thing we wanted to kind of bring up, at least in this part, is, uh, as you may have noticed from the very beginning, we hadn't actually named what this podcast is. And there's a story behind this. So when we had our talk, like our meeting yesterday to kind of like go over what we were going to do, we ended up like saying, we're going to get the name for the podcast figured out before we actually record the first episode. And I don't know, you'll probably see it like wherever this is posted, like you'll actually have a name now. We are the XYZ Ditto podcast name. Enter and insert here, please. Um, So we're going to talk about um, a little bit about the struggles with naming a podcast and in for an extension, naming a ministry. Um, So I don't think I think both for both of us, it's no secret that um, we're really bad at being like clever and punny. Um, I think for a lot of our discussion we had um, on this, we were trying to go for like punny names, um, like a lot of other podcasters, like clerically speaking. Totally not going for that, like multiple shout out or sponsorship or anything, but it's such a good name. Not it's such a good name. And I thought like we were talking about it, like, do we want to rip this off? I really don't want to rip this off. You know, I want to I want to give proper credit and leave the art in their corner because you know, Father Anthony and Father Harrison really have have it made in the in their form of ministry. So I didn't want to take that, though we did sit on those potential lay puns for a long time. And we yes, so yeah, that actually yeah, <laughs> that yeah, a lot of implications with a lot of these kind of names. So we dropped that idea real quick. Yeah, the joke potential is too great. These boys need to get laid. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's one of those things that just like I need to avoid using using these kind of puns. It's not us. Um, it's not us at all. So we're nope. so we're, uh, we're we're currently still figuring that out. And even like today, so we were we're looking for like input from beyond, from like other people in our ministry. Like, okay, what should we name this thing? And we've thrown around names. We have images. We literally have like notebooks filled with like all these different like topics, ideas, icons, and whatever. Um, so we thought it'd be a very interesting little thing to talk about. How to name a ministry? Um, does it matter? Um, and how to like design a logo and market these kind of things? Uh, how important is it? And as as young men and well, Mike's Mike's an, an English major, so kind of uh, English and classics was it? Yeah. So I feel like we, we have an obligation. We have an obligation yeah. as 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 romantics to get a good name not to make it so dramatic such that it's like gonna overshadow the whole purpose of things and 
not so pretentious that it's going to uh, turn anyone off or, you know, turn any heads. Yeah. So I think we have well, we have our lists here of like different names we've come up with um, and not kind of the ones we just mentioned. Like what names do we come up with, Mike? What kind of what kind of names do we get? Let me flip through my notebook. Uh, burning brush. We have. Oh, crap. Brought the wrong notebook, but. Oh, I got, I got mine here. Hold on a second. We got we have brush fire. We got, um, you know, the idea of like laying bricks or brick by brick, which seemed kind of like, I don't know. It's used so much. I, I didn't really like that one. I was like, nah, let's, let's not go with this. Overdone. Fire is overdone. What yeah. else is over? Uh, we could have been really generic and put the Catholic anything the catholic youth podcast or something that i don't know I, I feel like that's just not us but it's also like i don't know not unique enough to gather attention yeah. uh, not that like we're trying to go for clout or anything i think that's just not the point oh good sir speak for yourself i'm trying to find a wife out of this and i'm gonna need x amount of clout you heard it here first it's going on the record and if it happens wow good good for you ladies any single catholic ladies out there mike is available uh, you can reach him through whatever contact information we end up putting in to these episodes at yeah. some point or, or another. Uh, because, yeah, he's available and searching. He is, uh, or better way of putting this, discerning. Gross, that word leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Nah, man. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. It's all in God's hands. Moving forward. Oh, we ended up using a whole bunch of uh, different like name generators. Look, we went that far. We were going on name generators, looking for Metal, names. The best one. I will never let Shopify ever generate a name for anything ever again. Nope, because they kind of suck. Metalay. What? Was the best out of all of them. It was which... the best out of all of them we could find. But like, yeah. And I'm sure like trying to like talk about like the saints in any which way, like we could have picked like a certain saint to kind of go after um but when we're going for like a like kind of like a general audience like it's hard to to pick those kind of things um so uh i'm not sure if this was mentioned but well i, I think i mentioned previously that i'm a niagara local um so i'm currently in the diocese of saint Catharines, and that's been my home diocese forever uh so even like picking like saint Catharines of alexandria which kind of goes along with um the themes of our ministry on campus um i'm not sure if it would have been fitting enough so i kind of like kind of tabled that one but i was like eh not sure if we want to go with that mm -hmm. and mike you're from you're from you're from the toronto area where all the hip or the hip catholics are that's one word yeah yeah the hip, the hip catholics podcast no that's a little Isn't that already i swear that's a podcast i have no oh, i have no idea but like if it is, like, let's not go after those. <laughs> Make it unique if we can help it. Because you're the graphic designer here. You're the, you're the one who's going to make this super awesome logo. As soon as we have an identity. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Young Catholic men with no identity. How do we reach out? With like a giant question mark. Oh, I'm thinking the Catholic hipster handbook. Never mind. It's not a podcast. Well, that's a uh, prime real estate then. Yeah. But yeah, so we've been we've been 
tackling and praying about this for a long time. And so hopefully by the time this actually comes out, we have a name and it's cool enough that, you know, we're able to kind of stick with it because let's be honest, we are quick to jump on things and quick to let them go. Yeah, I'm getting super direct in how I write things now. If it was up to me, it would just be find Michael White podcast. Oof. Also, Joel. Yes. Maybe. What? Find oh. <laughs> maybe we'll, we'll we'll find out if it's in the cards. Any yeah. any advert we'll we'll put on. We'll we'll, we'll keep that open to discussion. Um. The third boys castle or podcast? No. Uh, okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> you had to go there no rip well i apologize eh well it's gonna go straight to confession yep send the the, to the confessional so again hopefully by the time this comes out we'll have a good name to go forward with uh in a sort of identity and we'll kind of form that around around this it's just going to be a big question mark that's and a that's big maybe. It. That's a big maybe. So we're just trying to live in uh, in where we are. You know, we're trying to just, you know live our lives and find, in some cases, like a way to identify with our faith. Yeah. And uh, how best to do that, we don't know. But there are times when we don't actually end up living up to it. So, especially the times when we're we're being challenged by by today and in what the world kind of puts out so we're going to move in to our final segment for today cultural confessions now mike we came up with this name that was uh i think it's a little it's a little more fitting we're gonna go for an augustinian approach with this one um how best yeah we're gonna we're gonna see kind of where we go with this usually we're going to go over some pop culture really kind of dive into you know youth today in the world things that we also enjoy because you know as devout catholic men we you know we are uh, also interested in other things in life too you know the world has some pretty cool things and that's what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about some things we're interested in maybe something in the news some some real things that kind of pop out now i know like other podcasts have like ways of looking through social media and whatnot and that's a good thing that's a good kind of ministry though i think we're going to go more for broad strokes in a lot of this and the topic we've depicted for today to talk about is praise and worship music what is uh what what's your history with this mike what do you think about praise and worship music is it good is it bad and where do you stand on its use um amidst the liturgy as we see it today in the catholic church so I grew up charismatic Catholic, which means praise and worship was just kind of my default means of prayer. And there was a good chunk of my like high school life where prayer meant putting on a Hillsongs album and just kind of listening to it. And it has a special place in my heart. Like I'll always love praise and worship music. And I'm so excited by the fact that it's actually branching out from like the big names in the praise and worship world. Before we had to like... There's what Hillsongs, Elevation. Uh, actually, those were the two big like bands I would listen to. But now it's such a diverse genre of music where 
Some, honestly, sometimes you don't even know it's a praise and worship song until you hear someone say Jesus and you're like, oh, I can actually listen to this casually and not want to rip my face off. And it's about Jesus. This is amazing. Like, I never knew that, like, in Catholic circles, that praise and worship music was, like, a thing. Um, yeah. Like, our Christian brothers and sisters definitely have, like, a greater outreach with this kind of thing because it can reach people um, a little better than maybe, like, old school Gregorian chant, depending on who you are, who you talk to. Um, but, like, for me, I, I always kind of just didn't feel, like, uh, like an attachment to it. Like, it wasn't really for me. Um, yeah. Like, because I've, I've grown up with, like, church hymns and stuff, like, like new 60s church hymns, which are hit and miss a lot of the time. Can't yeah. say during mass. I'm impressed all the time with the music and it definitely kind of puts me out of the experience. But there are some real hits. There are some real bangers out there in <laughs> in your Catholic book of worship. Ooh, what's your favorite Catholic hymn? Mm. It's a hard it's a hard. Uh, ooh. OK, I have like three. So in okay. Christ alone. Yes. Be not afraid, and yeah. oh God, beyond all praising, probably like my top yes. three. Yeah. Yes. And and where does this compare though with my experience with praise and worship music? Like I never, I never really knew really kind of what it was for the longest time, and then I've heard like I heard of it, but I never really heard a whole lot of it until I went to, um, um, a couple of the meetups with the chaplaincy where people would just put it on like casually, like oh yeah, this is like a new praise and worship track, and I'm like, wait, what? And then, oh, I think it was, no, it was that conversation we had in market, that first conversation within the first like two, oh, yeah. like, yeah, when we first like, kind of started chatting. Um, and I remember you were talking about oceans. Okay. And I was like, oh, what's oceans? And you think, oh, you've never heard oceans? Did so I play the country ocean? You played the country oceans. I'm like, what's, <laughs> there's a country version of this song. And I heard it and I was like, I was like, oh, I've heard this before. I had been to um, some Christian churches um with friends and stuff for their services and i've heard those songs and i was like some of these aren't that bad and i was like and that was one of the ones i was like i'm actually okay with this then you yeah. put on you put on the country version of oceans and i think i had to like do a double take <laughs> and i think you may have been booed off <laughs> off uh, having the uh having privileges to the music at that point yeah, like, <laughs> just see, there, sam just sam felt it was yeah it was not it was not the best i think okay, everyone so who was there literally was like okay wait a minute no, so it was the Ren Collective um, cover of Oceans. And I don't think they're actually country, but there was a banjo in the background and it was too much for people in the crowd. It was it was a little much, but I, that was like my first real exposure in like when I was when I was kind of getting uh, into the time. He was like, oh, so this is like a normal thing. Like it's not just made for services and whatnot. And I'm yeah. like, oh, OK, I get it. And so slowly but surely, I kind of opened up to it. Um and I was still a little awkward, like awkward with it until we went to our first conference. Yeah. And so my first like major conference, which was uh, was Rise Up 2019 CCO's um, national conference, which was held in Toronto. And so we were there and pretty much I'd say what, what about a third, maybe a third of the time we were there in like the main the main hall, uh, praise and worship, like just right into the right into the night every single yeah. day it woke us up it kept us going through the afternoon and we went to bed pretty much to it and was, yeah i don't know if this is some form of like a brainwashing or anything like that but at first i was like this is kind of awkward this is not my thing i don't know how to react to this 
And then I forget what it was. I think it's which track was it? I have the playlist in my head and I'm thinking about all the tracks that I listened to. There was a few of them I could pick out from that playlist they put on like the entire time with the live band. And yeah. eventually it just kind of clicked and I'm like, Yo, these are actually pretty good. Yeah. And that was the end of it. What the I rest- love about worship is just you can have a casual faith. Okay, let me rephrase. You can have a casual relationship with God. You don't have to be super serious and just solemn and quiet all the time. There are days when I want to have the quiet Gregorian chant in adoration moments with Jesus. Like Those are my kind of cute, intimate moments with our Lord. But most of the time, I just want to bump a track. And it like, comes from the oh, it, and I'll I, and I'll let you finish your thought there too. But just as a, like a side note, the actual like the some of the most faithful people I know are extroverts who are so joyful in expressing their faith through the praise and worship music they listen to, and also just in how like I don't know how happy they are. Like you think of like the happy Jesus freak, but like it's not what you might think. I always yeah. think that these people are like like the best inspirations for me coming out of my shell as an introvert. Um. It's most I'm most comfortable doing so when somebody like can express themselves kind of joyfully and like without that kind of like shame about their faith too. Exactly. And I love it. Anyway, sorry, I cut you off. Oh, man. Point. I don't even know what I was going to say, but I'm just so excited for the development of like praise and worship, but R and B. Please. Whoever is listening to this podcast right now, if you're a musician, I will pay you all the money in my account, which amounts to $7.50 to produce an R&B praise and worship song. Please, please, for me. Mike, was that a cry for help? Yes, it was. Uh, R and Jesus. We can call it R and Jesus. No, that's... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that please, pop- someone out there, hear my cry. I don't know if I needed to, like, throw up there for a second, or I was actually impressed with that. I'm kind of on the fence. Puns on the spot, but when I'm trying to think about it too hard, nothing comes to mind. You know what? I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. All right, Jesus. Like even like other genres too. Like, well, I know, I think, well, a lot of racing worship music has like an EDM side to it. Alternative rock kind of thing. But like yeah. you throw me some like jazz. Like if I got like some smooth jazz to Jesus, I think I might just be on board. So Here's my advert. Any Catholic artists out there who happen to like their jazz, classic jazz, new jazz swing, if you can get me some of those tracks out there, I would love I would love to support your work. Yeah. So we got to start monetizing off this sometime soon so we can actually, you know, be a patron to the musicians. But that in- yes. And as as you previously, you know, divulged your financial situation, that's not going to go over at least too well. I am a recent graduate of English and classics, which are not the most employable, but we're keeping you in our prayer intentions, Mike, always and everywhere. So if you also need a Filipino who knows their Greek history and a little bit of Latin, let me know. Translate the Vulgate for us. Buddy, it took me an hour to translate the first chapter of Genesis, and I knew the first chapter of Genesis. Anyway, well, you tried and you succeeded, and that's the small victory that we need to take. Yeah. It's but, funny in the depression, there were so many people taking ancient Greek for Christian, and all of them would be like, I want to be that guy to be like, well, actually, the original Greeks. Oh. And all of us sucked at pretension, pretension levels rising. Yes. A little, not even going to lie. <laughs> but, 
the Lord humbled me very quickly by showing me that I'm actually terrible at ancient languages. So, R in Jesus for me. Please, please, rhythm and Jesus. Rhythm and Jesus. But, you know, looking kind of on now, like whenever we have like our, so Mike and I have like this daily holy hour. We get up at like seven in the morning every day to try and like spend an hour with the Lord before our day kind of gets in the way. Cause you know, Lord knows if we let it go anywhere past like afternoon, it's not going to happen. We just, <laughs> we just don't have that kind of discipline, both of us. So we've, we've in, uh, well, not in, inducted ourselves. We've, we've forced ourselves to get up every day. And at least for the, whatever keeps us up is usually when, when Michael threw on like some praise and worship music or something like that in the background, at least early on, it really helped get me up. Yeah. And that's, that can, that means a lot. So like when we were at the, our our conference at rise up, we, uh, like I found that, you know, praise and worship early in the morning. I'm like, why are they playing this? And then like the third day I was like, I get it. This is helpful. How's this helping? And you know, I'm kind of vibing. I'm, I'm, I'm vibing with this. Yeah. So yeah, I praise and worship music. Wasn't a fan at first. And again, uh, some of them, some of the tracks and some of the, uh, the ones that I've gone out are a little more repetitive and are super long. I can't seem a fan of, but there is that niche that I really do kind of jump right into. Um, but all in all, I do think that, you know, Christian music as a whole is actually pretty good. And, uh, again, everyone's going to have their own interests. You pick and choose what you want out of it. Um, but hey, if it helps you get closer in prayer with the Lord, by all means, use it. Mind you, let's God. never, ever forget the power of the most essential kind of music in the spiritual life and the interior life, more specifically, the silence. Yeah. And at a time, wow. yeah, in a time when we're, you know, stuck inside all the time, looking for distractions because we're, you know, bored and looking for something to do and missing lots of people. The silence can sometimes be an excellent companion as well. Yeah. My caffeinated lizard brain just needs to shut off every now and then. Oh, yes. That's why we need to at least get our sleep so we aren't so zombified in the morning when we're trying to pray. Yeah. With that, though, I do think that 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 will do do it for us for tonight. I do think that um, I think it went pretty well. But any yeah. final thoughts on uh, on how, how this first attempt went? We need to come up with a name. Oh my god! Yep, yep, yep. I completely agree. So, fun fact: we're also planning like three different side businesses in the faith for a while, and we don't have names for any of those either. We've, we- we've tossed around names since like February. Yeah, it's rough. The business we've been toss- tossing around names since like November yeah so we're kind of we're kind of in a, in a state where you know what we could definitely use some input um so uh, at least for anyone who gets to hear this first you know if you have any ideas for us for how we should name things or maybe if we have like a cool little subtitle to go with our taglines i don't know um input is always important um so wherever this is whether we have it on soundcloud spotify uh in wherever your rss feeds are uh, we'll figure that out uh, kind of as we go. Um, I'm the resident tech guy, so I'll probably figure out something. Wherever it is, please leave a comment and review on wherever it is. iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Probably those three are the only ones we're going to go for at first. Um, and we'll kind of roll with that. But uh, I have... 
CBD because that's what us millennials do. Ooh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so I have been Joel. Uh, you were listening to, we're going to have like a bumper for this one. The Joel and Mike podcast. Is that our, our working name or our, our working? Yeah, for now, yeah. slap our on it, call it a day. Yep. MJ. M- Time spent with Jesus. Moments. Banter. Yes, ban- banter. Uh, intergenerational banter. <laughs> way too long yeah. that's more of a subheading than anything else yeah but uh yeah so thank you all for listening uh we'll try and keep at least the scheduling for how i guess we're gonna try and release is maybe bi-weekly maybe monthly um right now mike's kind of uh, in the middle of a job search and i myself am getting ready to go back to school so um whatever ends up ends up happening uh we'll try and keep as consistent as we can with this Again, Mike and I are pretty good at rambling on about stuff. So if we think of anything really cool, we'll end up just kind of recording. Uh, but yeah. just as kind of a work, we'll go for like once a month, at least to start. And then we can always improve that as we go. Thank you again for all your support uh, in this journey as we start off in this in this ministry. Um, thank you all for listening. And uh, we will see you next time. God bless.